We're going to be in Romans chapter 13 tonight. Um, not quite wrapping up uh, chapter 13, but if you want to go ahead and be flipping, we'll be looking at Romans chapter 13, 8 through 10. Uh, just go ahead and kind of let y'all be uh, be flipping there in your Bibles. I think we'll be we'll have it up on the screen as well if you don't have your Bibles with you. If you were to be here and not have a Bible and be in need of one, not just be slacking, um, let us know. We'll get you one. If you're slacking, I'm calling you out right now. No, <laughs> no I'm teasing. I call you out in love, so it's all good. Um, so I'm going to open us up in prayer over the Scriptures tonight, and then we'll we'll dig right in. Lord, as we gather in, in this place uh, as a body of believers, I, I just want to thank you that we have the freedom to do so. I want to thank you for each and every one who's made their way out tonight. For those who are a part of us as a church body who have not been able to make it here tonight, I, I would like to lift them up in prayer uh, wherever they are. Uh, you would just be with them as well. Uh, lead us all uh, to you. Lead us all uh, in your word individually. Uh, and I, I do thank you for the opportunity that I get here uh, to preach through your word to your people. I, I I take the responsibility, uh, and, and I see it uh, as, as such a weighty thing. Um, and I pray that I would always do uh, justice to the truth of your Scripture as, as we dig through it, Lord, that you would be lifted high, that your name would be made great, that your people would be encouraged, that uh, in areas of our lives where we fall short, that your Holy Spirit would convict us. And, and so you're so gentle oftentimes in the way that you... Do it, and you don't have to be, but you are. You gently guide us uh, to the paths that we should be leading, and I want to thank you for that and whatever part that uh, that you allow me to play in that. I thank you for it as well. As we dive further in tonight and, and look at love again, Lord, we've been looking at it now in the Sunday morning services uh, through the series that Brother Kip has been preaching, and uh, now we'll hit it again for the second time. Uh, through the study of Romans here, uh, just a few weeks ago we were discussing it again, and and as we come upon this uh, in your Word, uh, I, I just I ask that you would, and you've given us ample opportunity, Lord, but I ask that you would help us to reflect on love, the significance of love, the love that you have given to us, the love that we are called to show to our brothers and sisters in Christ, the love that we're called to show to the world. Um, and, and I pray that it would never be something that would grow old to us. It would never be something that we think, oh, here's that love again. Uh, but that it would be something that just bubbles forth from us, that we would rejoice in it, that we would rest in it, that we would find comfort in it, that your word would show us that, that Lord, if we are growing tired of hearing about the love that you've had for us and the love that we should be showing for the world, showing for one another that, that we need to be reproved by you, that we need to be uh, brought into into alignment with your word and your plan for us. Um, Lord, as we dig in tonight, I pray that you would just move by your Holy Spirit, move in me, that I would speak only the words that you would place upon my lips through uh, through your word and, and that you would move in the hearts of your people, that we would, though we're not there yet with the love that we should be displaying, that we would take steps closer and closer under the guidance of your holy scriptures and under the power of your 
Holy Spirit. I thank you for Christ. I thank you for the cross that makes this love so apparent to us and so available to us now through the Holy Spirit that you've given to us in Christ's name for his glory. Amen. All right, so Romans chapter 13, we're going to be looking at 13, 8 through 10. And I had y'all go ahead and flip there. Um, but I'm going to read just quickly out of Matthew chapter 22. I'm going to read an account that you are all, I'm sure, very familiar with. Uh, but just so that we have it fresh on our minds, what Christ himself has spoken to us when asked about uh, the law and the commandments of God and, and his reply uh, here. So um, Matthew chapter 22 Verse 34, and I'm just going to read a couple there, and then we're going to flip over and look at where we're going to be at uh, in the book of Romans tonight. So, 22:34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and all the prophets. Do do you all understand the weight of that passage? Do you see what it is that Christ is trying to tell us? As, As they ask Him... What's the greatest commandment? What does he give them in reply? What is the greatest command? To love the Lord, right? To love. For us to love, we must first love God, right? Because we must be loved by God. His love poured into us. We then love Him because He loved us. And now we can love others. So to love is the greatest commandment. Christ makes this so clear that he says the law and the prophets hang on this truth. Hang on this truth. How, how oftentimes, how oftentimes, and, and, and I gotta be honest with you, um, whenever Kip preached a few weeks back and then that night, we essentially covered much of the same scripture. I kind of based out of Romans and then stepped over, but we cover much. I, I got to be honest with you, when I went home that night, I thought to myself, if I knew that he was had hit that this morning, I probably would have changed up the way that I did that. And I've been reflecting on that thought a little bit since then, this idea that we just, if we cover the same kind of truth, like there would be some maybe less value in it or something like that. And I think shame, shame, on, shame on us or shame on me if we, ever grow tired of hearing, even if it is the same truth again and again, when it is such a weighty truth as the love of God for us and us to love as God has loved. Because all that we hope for, all that we strive for, hang on this truth. That we are to love God and love others. Like how, like if, if you were to, like this is the craziness of the, of the reply that Christ has given here to them. Is that if you come to me and ask me, how should I live as a Christian? 
right? How should I live my Christian life? I would feel absolutely comfortable answering you as Christ has answered them. That if you want to know what the key is, love God, love others. Is, is that beyond the understanding of anyone here tonight? Is that, is that beyond what we can comprehend with our simple minds? Or, or do we all get that? Do you understand what it is to love God? Do you understand what it is to love others? Now I want to ask you, do you? Do you love God? And do you love others? Then why then do we sin? If all the law and all the prophets hinge on this truth that we love God and we love others, why is it that we fall short time and time and time and time and time again? Can you love more? Can you, can you as an individual love more? Could I tell you enough times that you are to love God more? Could I exhaust that truth for you tonight? Could you grow tired of hearing that you must, you need to love more? Would any of you raise your hands and say, no, I love enough? No, you wouldn't. Yet when I ask you, if I were to ask you what you need to work on, the areas of your life that you need to... To have God work the most, how many of you, I wonder, would raise your hand and say, I need Him to work on my ability to love Him more, to cherish Him more, to love others more. How many of us would that have been the first response? It should have been. But the truth is, is that you would have probably ticked off a list of things that you failed at this week. That you feel guilty over. Truth? Is this truth? What does the gospel tell us? As we're, and now we're gonna look over and we're gonna just read quickly because what I want us to get as we're looking through the book of Romans here, as we're digging into these practical aspects of life, what I want us to see is that the study that we've done up to this point is flowing into the way that we live. Right? So it's truth that we know about the gospel, truth that we know about Christ, who He is, what He's done, that flows into us as believers, leading us into living Christian lives. So if we can't or don't understand the gospel, if we can't or don't understand who Christ is, then this will not play out in our lives. What we'll find ourselves doing instead is like many of us have in times past, as unfortunately many of you are likely to do, even still because it's a struggle, you are going to try to be righteous of your own effort. And what does the gospel tell us? None's righteous. So what do we do? What are we to do as Christians, as followers of Christ? We rest in the truth that Christ's work is sufficient for us. That Christ loved perfectly. 
that where we fail in love, this oftentimes leads us into sin. So that where you would say, I have this, 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 and this on my list, and I would love to check these things off, I would say, love God more. And that's what's hard. Like many times in the past as we were going through the book of Romans up to this point, I said it's not about a checklist. Stop focusing on a checklist. Don't worry about the checklist. You know what we should be doing instead? Worrying about our love for God. How we cherish Him. How we chase and strive after Him. And our love for one another. How we show our love for Him in the way that we love one another. Because the truth that we're going to find tonight is that love playing out practically in our lives fulfills the law of God that you would be trying to check off while ignoring the greatest commandment that Christ has given to us, which is to love God and love others. So you fail in your list of things to check off. Ultimately, what Christ would say is that your love is not where it should be. Right? And and we're going to get that as we dig into the text tonight. So, chapter 13, where we covered last week, and there's kind of a bridge that's being made here, a transition that's being made that we just, in chapter uh, 13, 8, we jump into this. But last week in verse 7, we saw, pay, pay to all what is owed to them, Taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed, owe nothing to any, or, or owe no one anything. In verse 8, the opening part of verse 8, there starts that. And then Paul goes back to an idea that he kind of started in chapter 12, verse 9, this idea of genuine love, the way that plays out practically in our lives, we covered that. And this kind of idea starts creeping back in in the second part of verse 8 there, except to love each other. So, oh, no one anything except to love each other. So we're coming through this authority, this governing authorities in the opening part of chapter 13. Last week we talked about politics. We looked at how that, how, how the gospel kind of uh, moves into our politics, the way that we look at the authorities that are over us, the governments, and, and, and all of that. And then we start looking at last week, ending in this idea of well, pay your taxes, pay revenue, pay respect, pay honor. And, and I want us to understand that this flows from a worldview that's been radically changed. The reason that you can pay taxes and, and not be just a, uh, just a disgruntled taxpayer, the re- reason that you can pay revenue or wages, the way that you can give honor to people that you're like, that they do not deserve my respect, nor do they respect honor. The reason you can do this is not because they deserve honor, but because you know at the cross all are made equal. Right? You are not worthy of honor. You are not. You know the lives that you've lived apart from Christ. So when you cast judgment on another, you stand guilty. But what the gospel does is change the way that we think. It changes the way that we view the world. It changes the things we place our value in. So that we show honor because there is an idea of honor. There is one who deserves honor. And we know that He is wise in all that He has done. In all that He is doing. 
so we can show honor to people like us. And in that, we tell a truth that there is one worthy of honor. There is one worthy of respect. So that when people see us and look at us and they see the way that we live, we live in such a way that they see from us a people whose concerns and cares are not worldly. The things that we're striving after, the things that we desire most, are not the gifts of God, but God Himself. Do you follow me there? All that you enjoy in this world, all the pleasures that you've had in your life that are good godly pleasures are good things, good gifts. But what sin does is sin desires the gift over the giver of the gifts. And now our blinders have been removed. By the grace of God, we've been given eyes that can see. So that those who are still blind... When they see us, they don't see a people clinging on with everything that they have in them to things that are fleeting, perishing, and turning to dust. They see a people who are chasing after something greater so that they're complaining about the tax money that they wish they had. And you are not. They're talking about the money they wish they had. And you are not. They're disrespecting men and women. They're talking behind their back, but you are not. Because you're people who love. You're people who have seen the cross. Who've been given sight to know that all men are sinful and broken. All men are are in need of a Savior. So that you give honor, not because men and women are in and of themselves worthy of honor, but because they are created in the image of God. And God is worthy of honor. So we live like we owe nothing. Like we owe nothing. Like this world's got nothing for me except, except I am indebted. I am a debtor to love. So that after the first time when we were looking at this, let love be genuine, I can't tell you how many times someone came up to me since then. And um, we say this, right? We say this, and, and I absolutely get where this idea and this thought comes from. But I want us to think about it. We say, there's some people, Landon, like like I say, you should love everyone with a genuine love. And, and the immediate thing that enters into our, our minds is, Landon, there are some people that are hard to love. Right? How many of us think that way? Right? How many of us, when when you're told to love, you think immediately, you got that person in your mind, I don't know if I can love that person. So so we will bring this argument up. Well, well, there's just some people that are hard to love. Like and what 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 I want to respond to you, what scripture responds to us is is Jesus never said that. Jesus never said, Thank God he never said of me. 
just too hard to love. Because if there was anyone too hard to love, I, I would fall into that. I make Adrian work hard at times. And I apologize. But the truth of the matter is, is that probably each and every one of us could say the same thing. Get this. That you have been loved by God, not because He owed it to you, but because He loved you. Because that's who He is. And we have been loved by one who loves with the greater love. Then we can comprehend. So that we think thoughts like, you got that person in your mind that you think, that's a hard person to love there. And what scripture says is that you need to live in such a way as that this world is not holding you up. There's nothing in this world that you, that you cherish more than you cherish God Himself. But that you're indebted. You're indebted to love. Right? You must love. Do you understand that as a Christian, as a believer? Do you understand that you must love? When they ask Christ what's the greatest, what does He say? Love God, love others. If you say that you love God and do not love others, what does Scripture say? That you were a liar. That you were a liar. So do the two, can you separate one without the other? Can you have a love for God and not a love for others? Then what must you do? You must love. No excuses, no qualifications. You must love. We must live in such a way that it is though we are indebted to it. Owe no one anything, verse 8, except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Is that not what Christ Himself said? The law and the prophets hang on this truth, church. That you love God, you love others. If you are concerned about areas in your life where you struggle and need work, it's love. Can I tell you that it is love? If you came in here tonight thinking that your love's good, it's okay, it needs no, it needs no improvement, then I'm telling you you're wrong. Because if your love needed not improvement, you would live without sinning. Do you know why you will one day live faithfully as Christ? Because love fulfills the commands of the law. Without question. Without asterisk. Without looking down at the bottom and saying the way that it says it in Hebrew or Greek. Your love must improve, church. Our love for one another, our love for God must improve. We're indebted to this truth. Owe no one anything except to love each other. 
For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Verse 9. For the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And I ask you and I wonder what areas in your life do you struggle? What areas in your life do you fall short? Bring them to mind if you would for me. I would I would ask you to think in your minds at this moment what struggles of sin do you face daily? And I want to tell you that the solution to that is not fighting harder, but loving more genuine, loving more fully. Let's look at the examples that he gave us. You shall not commit adultery. And, and immediately, when we see this, we see that we're going to come in conflict with the world's view of love. Because what is the world going to call that? They're going to call it love. Okay? How many multiple marriages have you seen? God forbid we're a part of. Because this foolish lie that it was love and it was lust in His place. God forgive us. God forgive us. Because Christ would say, if you have looked on another in lust, you are an adulterer. Do you not see that you need to love more? Do you not see how many of us likely came in here tonight with the idea that if I were to ask, do you love? You're like, I love. But now I'm going to tell you, if you fall short in that area, can you identify in your mind that you lack love there? Either love for God or love for others. I can assure you this truth. Christ Himself has spoken it. That if you love God completely and others completely, what will you do? You'll fulfill it. Completely. Church, we need to love more truly, more deeply, more genuinely. We need to chase God in this. While you're off trying to battle whatever demons it is. Chase God instead. This is the truth that the gospel shows us. Is that your standing is made right in Him. Justified by the work of Christ alone in your faith in Him. That you might know, love, and cherish the God who redeems you. Love Him more. Love Him more. You do not love Him enough. We fail in our love for Him. Can we be honest in that? 
that every time we break His commands, we testify that we don't love Him like we claim that we love Him. Every time. Lord, forgive us because You love us so greatly. So greatly. Lord, teach us to love as You love us. That we might love You with the same love. And if we love Him, we will not break His commandments. You shall not murder. How many of you have committed murder? What does Christ say to this? What does He say, church? If you speak evil of someone, what have you done? If not murder them with your tongue, do we love as we should? Should we be trying to tame our tongue first? Or do you imagine that if we love genuinely that our tongues would be tamed? The gospel sets our focus for slaying sin, right? The, the gospel doesn't say don't worry about sin, right? The gospel points us in the direction, carries us there and empowers us by the Holy Spirit that sin might be slayed. In us today, we walk differently in Christ than if we had Him not. As believers, we walk differently because the Holy Spirit is, little by little, working this truth out in us so that we love more, so that we love with a greater love, so that we're not murdering with our tongue because we love God and we love others. You shall not steal. How many of us steal? How many of us steal from God because we would keep for ourselves? How many of us steal from our brothers and sisters in need because we would keep for ourselves? Because we are concerned more about this world the comforts of this world, than we are with those who we say we love. You shall not covet. How many look to another to desire what they would have instead of looking to God Fixing our eyes and our hope and our desires on Him instead of stuff. Instead of stuff. And any other commandment. How many other commandments? Any. 
This is, this is what the gospel is telling us. As, as we're seeing how the gospel plays out practically in your lives. A truth that I want you to take away with you tonight. Is that whatever it is that you struggle with. The root of it is that you don't love as much as you thought you loved in that area. Seek God first. Love Him First, love others without question or qualification. Love more. The Holy Spirit is driving you towards this truth. This is not something outside of your grasp. This is a truth that is made available to us in the gospel. Is that you can walk forward in this day by day. We've got a long way to go, church. We have a long way to go. Because how far had we fallen when He rescued us in the pits? But we walk day by day. Chasing after Him. Our eyes fixed on Him. Our hopes in Him. Lord, let me love You more. Lord, let me love You more. Lord, let me love them more. That I would not say ever. That I would not think ever. They are too hard to love. Ever. They are not too hard to love. Do you hear me? Do you? They are not too hard to love. Christ loves them. And they see Christ in your love for them. Summed up with this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 10, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Let us close in prayer. Lord, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for the truth that you have shown to us through your scriptures tonight. Uh, Lord, um, it is simple for us to read these truths. Um, it is simple for us to contemplate these truths. To bring them to mind. To think that we understand the depths of them. Lord, I pray that they would never grow old for us. Lord, that as the gospel is played out in us as individuals, as us, as a church body, that, that this truth of love, genuine Love for you and for one another would play out in a way that is so real. Lord, that it would be more than the words off of our lips, but that it would be a genuine desire from within our souls. That we would love you, Lord, knowing that we can love you more. Lord, help us to love you more. Lord, we love you. 
we want to love you more. Lord, we love each other. No question in my mind that there is a love in this church body for one another. Yet the truth that we find is that we still fall short. We still fail. And if this truth holds, then the root of it is that we don't love as much as we thought we love. Lord, I ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would drag us down deep, drown us in your love. Lord, let it be the first thing that we think when we are tempted. Lord, when we are tempted by sin, no matter what it might be, let the first thought on our mind be, do I love Him? Do I love them? Is it love? Lord, help us to love as you have loved us. It's in Christ.